0: Let's pray. Dear God, thank you that you really do love us in a profound way. And the last 15 years, I have been discovering what that love looks like, and it's still growing in my mind, the understanding and power and far reach of your love, not just for me, but for all of humanity. It's blowing my mind. Keep teaching me, Father. When I, am, I have my moments of unteachability, be gentle. Teach me. Be with that child out there. <laughs> Heavenly Father, this morning I pray your spirit does the talking. Um, regardless of how nervous my heart is today on this subject, um, just uh, do your thing. You're good at it. Thank you. Amen. Oh, boy. I'm a little nervous about today because uh, uh, I want to make sure it's communicated right. you know, ever, ever not sure that you have to say something, but you're not sure you can say it right? <laughs> I'm there. So that's, that's where I'm at today, and uh, we're going to continue in our series called The Rest of Grace, Living Out the Dreams God Has for You and I. Um, last week, we we began talking about attitude and how important our attitude is and choosing. Now, I want to... Follow up last week just a bit because there's a lot of talk about attitude from um, encouragement people in the public, your, your uh, uh, business gurus, the seminars, the, the health and wealth churches that uh, overdo positive thinking. Please don't let a truth that may have been taught to an extreme distract you from the truth. Do you know what I mean? Don't let, just because somebody took a, a, a grace truth, hijacked it, and manipulated it to, uh, uh, for their own purposes, and they teach it, don't let that stop you from learning the truth. Because typically what we've done in the church is we've, we've heard a little bit of a thingy, found out somebody else teaches it that way, and we make a cubbyhole and put it there. We assume it's the same thing. It's not. The good news was good news before somebody else got a hold of it. The gospel is the gospel before mankind started to distort it and change it. So just the fact that the world hijacks certain truths and adds their self-made spin on or performance-based acceptance spin on it doesn't mean the truth is not true. It is very true still. How do we apply it through the lens of the cross, through the lens of Jesus Christ? How does he want us to live out the rest he's placed in us. The Sabbath is a person named Jesus. He is our rest. I know sometimes we try to rest, and we make lists, and I remember a, I had a seven day list of how to rest in Christ. Every single day, I had my prayer, each day was a certain theme, I had it all figured out, I had a certain set of prayer requests, of categories, one day was government, one day was, you know this, and I'm like, oh. It was a great list. It would make a great book. It would sell well. Really, especially to those that are looking for ways to do it. At the front end, my heart was awesome. My heart wanted to do this because I wanted to, listen to this, change the patterns I've allowed in my life. And I needed something to help me redirect my patterns. And God uses that stuff. It's okay to have your lists. And use little systems. Systems are fine. All the artsy people don't like the systems because they're like, oh, just let me free flow. I'll just do it my way. Great, fine. But some people need systems just to help redirect. You know what I'm talking about? Somebody, it's a, a, a you know, an example of you've had a certain health issue and now you have to make some lifestyle changes. What do you do? Hire a trainer part-time, whatever, full-time, whatever it is, you get somebody who will help you on the front end to redirect and to reshape your mind and patterns. That's what this attitude thing's all about, to begin redirecting the patterns you have had. And for the most part, many people have, we've got these negative attitudes and, and radio stations running in our heads. And we can't let them rule our minds anymore. You'll be shocked if you were to stop and think of, and self-evaluate, how many times have I allowed a negative radio station running through the back of my head for so long? And no wonder I'm having a hard time in certain areas of my life. No wonder. Let's go back from last week. Developing a grace-based attitude. Let's begin with the definition. Grace is the divine enablement by the life of Christ in you for you to do All he's called you to do, so clearly he's called us to do things. Grace does not mean passive and sitting in your butt and do nothing, you know. If you have to sit and rest for a while, great, but you're not designed to stay seated physically. You're designed and have already been equipped to serve and love. Lori and I were having a a chat yesterday in our walk, and uh, she uh, was uh, um, uh, commenting on somebody's Facebook post that... uh, There's too much uh, uh, exclusivity out there. There's not enough inclusion. It's us, them, us, them, us, them. This is a hard one, folks. This is a really hard one because when I came to know my identity in Christ, it was clearly an us, them, the legalists and the grace folks. That's how it worked. The Pentecostals and Charismatics, they do the same thing. We've got the Spirit, we've got all the gifts, and they don't. They have to learn from us. Then you get the liturgicalists. We have the order and structure of worship. They don't. So it's us, them, us, them, us, them. It's crazy. Guess what we have to do? Stop the us, them. Quit making the fact that somebody else doesn't quite believe just the way you do Why are they ostracized or why will you not engage in a good conversation with them? Can you just love them? You have no chance to minister to anybody properly until you can just love. Love them, love them, love them. Even if they're a person who doesn't believe in God at all or another faith altogether, another religion, can you love them? This is This is hard. It's not us, them. In fact, Lori Lori used this illustration. Good thing she's not here. (laughs) Um, She she sees us, every single one of us, is not in our group journey. You know how different groups and tribes and denominations? I call myself multi-tribal because I've been a part of so many denominations over the years. It's not about your tribe. It's not even about your local church. It's about you individually. You yourself are on a one-person journey with the Holy Spirit. You just happen to be connected here like this. But this is between you and, your, and the Heavenly Father. The whole thing. Which helps me, because then, a, whew, pressure's off. My job is to encourage, build, and equip, which I think is my job anyway. Cool, all right, I like my job. It's your job too. Love, build, and Equip. When you start to get into a fight with somebody who doesn't believe the same way you are, stop, stop arguing right away. Quit the fighting. Because all those discussions do is you're trying to make them see your side. First of all, you want them to see the wrong and you want them to see your right. How dumb is that? Wait a minute, what tree in the garden is that from? Hmm, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right and wrong. That's not the tree we're to live on. We're, tra- we're called to live out of the life of Christ tree, the tree of life. Most of our arguments in today's culture are moot. They're useless. Because we haven't established relationship first and we haven't established love. And that's how we change our attitude. That's how we begin. So here we go. Grace is the divine enablement by the life of Christ in you for you to do all he's called you to do. It's an attitude of divine favor that God has lavishly poured out on you. You actually have a good attitude. (laughs) Yeah. You could be saying, "Do not," you know, and I can scream back, "Yes, you do." Start acting like who you really are. The attitude in you is the life of Christ. He has already placed a good attitude in you. His goodness. Now, are you going to let it out? We always say here in the last twelve years, Christ is in you, and He wants out. <laughs> it's true. He wants out an attitude, he wants out an action in words and deed and thought. It's God saying this from the from Isaiah I'm going to grant to those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. This is a serious exchange. You see the attitude God bestows on those He loves? It's a good attitude. Through the cross, the blessings of God are poured out on you. Legalism says you have to do certain things in order to be blessed by God. That's legalism. We've learned that here. Grace says God's going to bless you because you're in Christ, period. Because of your union with Christ, he's going to bless you and has blessed you. So when we use the word, you know, God wants to bless you, it's not that you're lacking anything. It's that you have the blessings, you need to appropriate what's already in you. And many, 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 many people don't know who and what is in them already, which gives me great joy to share this message across Canada. It's a thrill. Legalism is the idea that I have to make spiritual progress or gain God's blessings based on what I do. Grace says, I'm going to bless you because you're in Christ. It is not about you and me, it's totally about Christ. Christ. Everything we do, it's about Him. As we walk and have our being, as we work and play and do our stuff, it is all about Him. We're so self centered in this culture, it's crazy. The Helper, the Holy Spirit, is in you, speaking to you. Don't resist Him, don't fight Him. He's teaching you. Be teachable, be humble. It's a gift. So how then do we develop a grace-filled attitude? Let's talk about some guidelines on how to do this. Don't know how far we'll get today. To experience and express a grace-based outlook. So today we're going to talk about experiencing it. I don't think we're going to get to expressing, just because I know um, my gut feeling. So how do we develop a grace-filled attitude? First of all, don't judge your future by your past. Well, that was good. (laughs) don't judge your future by your past and if you have cell phones now is a good time to put to vibrate mode (laughs) don't judge your future by your past it'll make a big difference do you remember the story of the paralyzed man in John chapter 5 he had been at the pool there we just talked about a couple weeks ago he'd been at the pool for 38 years do you think at any point in time he had a hope and a vision to walk again Yes. He wouldn't have been there otherwise. He did have a hope. He wanted to walk again. But after 38 years, I think he lost the vision. He lost the hope. He lost the drive. In fact, uh, he'd never imagined what was about to happen. Not in his wildest dreams did he have the scenario that was going to embark on him come to his mind. It wasn't even part of his thinking. In fact, at some point in him his dream died and I know that's happened for people here your dreams have died at least you think they have I think they may not have died I think they got clouded over by circumstances and a darkness has come and covered over those those dreams that we may have had it's very very possible I don't know But regardless of what the outcome is, or whatever plan and strategy, or whatever you think you have as a dream, the point is pointing everyone and everything to Jesus Christ. So your eyes are focused and fixed on him. He is your source. He is your strength to do all that he's called you to do. We do none of this on our own. Never had it crossed this man's mind that one day the son of God would come and walk up to him and say, get up. In fact, he was asked the question, do you want to get healed? And he began to list off all the reasons why he can't. You know anybody like that? Begin to give a suggestion, and then they rattle off all the reasons why it's not possible. It's not a good idea. It's all very (laughs) negative. Oh, boy. It's like teens. (laughs) Anyway. Maybe you've never been in this predicament for 38 years, but don't lose hope the day will change. Your day will change. Whether it's your circumstances changing or not, I don't know. I'm not into that. If God wants to change him, he can. And he does. But it is amazing when we change our attitude and see the vision and life of Christ in our circumstances and see him in people. Even people we can't stand. Remember? Christ, in his life, is lived out through many people not just you so when I look at Eldon I see Christ in him that's how I see the man he's also a great guy you know Uh, I can't even think of an argument we had because really we haven't but if I would make one up and say I'm mad at him then I could say I'm not mad at him the true identity I'm mad at a flesh pattern which is not the real him it's a pattern of coping which I have lots of my own and so do all of you Everybody has their flesh patterns, but it's not who you are, it's how you function when you're not abiding in Christ. So, I see Eldon as a man who has the life of Christ in him. So, first thing I see is a Jesus Christ dressed up like Eldon. That's who he is. Can you imagine starting to see everybody else? How about your spouse, especially when you're fighting? There's your spouse. Dressed up. There's Jesus Christ dressed up like your spouse. <laughs> that can stop a lot of arguments pretty quick and humble your own little flesh patterns. Was it that bad? He <laughs> so, walks out. Oh, he's getting a coffee. Good, okay. <laughs> God wants to work out these things in your life, but he's gonna do it by changing your mind. When he changes your mind... Or you uh, you begin to reflect the thoughts already put into you by him. You're going to start to see your circumstances differently, and within three to six months, a week a day, you're going to think, "Whoa, everything's changed, and nothing has changed except you and your attitude." There's a huge difference. There is power in how you think. Don't look at your need to be resolved in a certain way. Well, if God's going to change me, it's going to have to happen this way because this is my crisis, and I need this to change. And meanwhile, God has no intention of changing that because there's something else bigger and deeper underlined that he wants to desperately change in you. Don't think you're so good at knowing what has to change for you to be a better person. (laughs) He knows. We're, We're control freaks, all of us. We have this control freak flesh. It's not who we are. This is how we function. We want to be in control. But it's the yielding to the spirit of Christ in us. Learning to hear his voice, his gentleness. It'll make all the difference. Don't say that in order for this to happen, this other thing has to happen first. Especially those looking for jobs. (laughs) My current job, it stinks. I don't want to change it. I hate it, blah, blah, blah. And you can write your whining story. We've all done it, but it may not be your job. That's the problem. It's your attitude. It's crazy. Next, it can happen fast, very fast. There's a key word I found in Scripture that could encourage you and You all have the Spirit of Christ. You all have charisma. Amen. That's right. <laughs> Entheos in Christ, enthusiasm in Christ. Back to suddenly. Take a look at this. Read you some verses. Then Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced over what God had prepared for the people because the thing came about suddenly but the multitude of enemies of your enemies will come like fine dust and the multitude of ruthless of ruthless ones like the chaff which blows away and it will happen instantly suddenly in isaiah i declared the former things long ago and they went forth from my mouth and i proclaimed them suddenly i acted and they came to pass and the angel of the lord suddenly stood before them and the glory of the lord shone around them and they were terribly frightened While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling clothes. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And as he was traveling, it happened that he was approaching Damascus, and suddenly... A light from heaven flashed around him. And behold, the angel of the Lord suddenly appeared, and the light shone in the cell. And he struck Peter's side and woke him, saying, Get up, quickly! And his chains fell off his hands. And suddenly there came a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison house were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were unfastened. But it happened that as I was on my way approaching Damascus about noon time, a very bright light suddenly flashed from heaven all around me. Do you want to develop a grace based attitude? Then don't judge your future by your past because things can change suddenly. When your eyes are open to seize the opportunities God gives you, whether it's to love somebody, whether it's to reach out to somebody, I'm I'm trying to listen to the voice of the Spirit of Christ in me and I'm not always sure which one it is, but sometimes, I don't know, have you ever judged people at the side of the road, uh, especially those exit ramps where they're asking for money? (laughs) Suddenly. Suddenly. Well, God's teaching (laughs) me to quit judging them because, oh, how are they going to use the money? Oh, they're going to buy drugs. Oh, they're going to, what kind of control freak am I? Holy smokes. Give the person two bucks, five bucks. Blow them. Why don't you bless them? Give them a 20. You want to see their face? Do you know what they say every time? God bless you. Thank you. Which means I'm starting to give the money again. <laughs> because to me, there's something. I, and I'm not telling you to do this. I'm, this is me. My, my, my personal journey. Like Lori was saying, my wife. She's, each one is on her own string. My journey is to learn to listen in the moment. If he's saying, go reach out to that person, do it. Now, I have not stopped to tell anybody God loves them yet as I'm walking past them, because it's not comfortable with that yet. It's weird. So, by the way, God told me to stop you and say he deeply loves you. Just not me. So, I'm learning. It's in the journey. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But in those moments, I'm talking about the attitude of the moment to toss the negative, judgmental attitudes and suddenly dismiss them because there'll be a suddenly moment where you're going to have to respond. And if you haven't trained yourself to respond, you won't be ready for the tasks that are coming. Do you know what I mean? I don't think we're prepared. What if we had 25 people come in here right now saying, hey, we heard about a great church. You teach grace. What is this grace thing? Uh, 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 Talk to the pastor. (laughs) That's exactly what would happen for most of us. A day is coming suddenly. You're going to be called on to love somebody uniquely and genuinely. Are you preparing, training your mind Preparing your body, your life patterns. Are you too freaking busy? They have no time to love people. Ouch. Are you too wrapped up in studying the Bible to love people? See? I'm serious. There are some people that just dig, dig, dig. Learn, learn. I'm growing. I'm learning in grace. I'm growing, growing, growing. Put the book down and get in touch with a person. I'm sorry. It's true. Books are helpful, learning's good, but the Western church is so good at programming us to stay busy. It's like the bumper sticker Jesus coming back, look busy. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Don't judge your past by your, your future, by your past. Secondly, put away negative thoughts and words. This is huge, huge. Nothing will so quickly kill a dream like an attitude of gloom and doom. Our God is a God of light and life, not darkness and death. We must learn to walk in the light if we are to rise up from our present circumstances and fulfill the plan he has for our lives. And he has a plan. And he doesn't have to divulge it to you. I want to know what the plan is for my life. You don't have to know. There's that control thing again. Wanting to know, live in the moment, resting in Christ, learning to hear his voice so that when he does speak, when it's important, you know it's him and you will act in faith, obeying the voice of Christ. And that word obey will become beautiful. It'd be the wanting to, not have to. Go clean your room. (laughs) We just did that with one of our kids. Not happy. But there was an obedience that happened. But the obedience that we're talking about in Scripture is a beautiful obedience. It's for our good. He's not going to instruct you to do something that's not for your benefit or for the benefit of the kingdom of God. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about him. Put away these negative thoughts. Some people have a negativity being broadcasted inside them practically all the time. Sometimes it's a conscious broadcast, other times it's subconscious. This negativity causes them to look at a scenario and immediately see the negative aspects of it. Your. We know those negative people. And don't get mad at them for being negative. It's not your job to convict them of their negativity. Whose job is it to do that? Holy Spirit. What's your job? love them. Oh, we can go home now. That was easy. But that's what it is. This is how we live out an abiding life. Do you really want to get well? You sure? Some people do not. We covered that a couple weeks ago. It's too easy to stay in our little wine pot, W-H-I-N-E. And just enjoy our negativity and our circumstances because we're getting a lot of great attention. Mm-mm. Do you really want to get well? Do you want to see your dream fulfilled? There's a response that comes from negative people often why it won't work for me. And here's the list I've always been like this, it's just the way I am. No, it's not. And they say, yes, it is. It's the way I always have been and always will be. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Why do you say that? Why do you keep saying, no, it's not? Because I know who you are. They say, I know who I am. I said, no, you don't know who you are. I said, yes, I do know. I said, no, you don't know. I've had this conversation. That's why I know it. <laughs> then who am I? You're a child of God, redeemed, loved, forgiven, and righteous and pure. They have been given everything of Christ fully in you. You're fully equipped. That's who you are. Who are you? Do you know who you are? You have the right attitude. Some people say, well, my situation is different. My circumstances, well, under the circumstances, what are you doing under your circumstances? Rise above your circumstances. Your circumstances do not, first of all, change your your identity. They cannot Your circumstances do not determine your identity. Your identity determines how you respond to your circumstances. Very different. It's crazy. How do we deal with this negative faith? A lot of people have great faith. It's just negative. Did you ever hear Jesus say, according to your faith, So be it. And when you express negative faith and negative words, again, please don't make this into one of those health and wealth ideas, the cubbyhole that says you you have to every single word is magic. That's what they're doing. They're making it magic. This is about your words and what you choose to put in your mind. What you allow out of your mouth. Your words matter. When you speak to your spouse or individuals in a very negative way, you're speaking death and darkness into them. Stop it. Speak love and truth and light, for you are a light bearer. Be who you are. Quit projecting negative faith. According to your faith, what do you believe? And the faith you have, by the way, your real faith, is a gift to you by Christ. We live by the faith of the Son of God. It's beautiful. So how do we get out of this? How do we get out of this AM station, this awful mentality station playing around inside of our heads? First of all, ask the Holy Spirit to show you the times you're thinking negatively. Back to what I was saying earlier. This is about you and the Holy Spirit. Not about anybody else. Don't drag your spouse into this. Don't drag your friend into this, unless you're calling for help. That's different. But ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, please, please, please show me. I always tag on, and be gentle. I need that. At the moment, identify the truth of the situation. You're not really mad at your spouse. You're not mad at your kids. You're mad at an action, because you can't control it anymore, usually. Nobody's laughing, fine. (laughs) Identify the truth. The truth is, they are a child of God and deserve love, value, and acceptance. They don't need condemnation. They do not deserve judgment. That's all done. Because in Romans, it says, there is therefore now zero, none, no condemnation. For those who are in Christ, where are you right now? In Christ. There's no condemnation for you. So why do you spew out condemnation on people? Why do we do that? Power trips usually. Mentally affirm the truth. Identify the truth. Now affirm it in your own mind. Holy Spirit, thank you for showing me this truth. Thank you that I can love them, be gentle with them. I can let your life in me live out towards them. Whatever that looks like. Next take some type of outward step that is an expression of the internal truth you are affirming. On the front end, you're going to be saying sorry a lot. Please forgive me. Powerful words. If somebody that you know is starting to do this to you, let them. Don't make it hard for them to come and ask for forgiveness. Be just as gracious cuz you too need to need the same thing. Be gentle. Lastly, Look at your situation through the eyes of faith. Begin to expect things to go your way because God is for you. Believe for that. God's not against you. Because sometimes the church I grew up in and and the the system I grew up in, it's probably a better way to do it. The system that I grew up with was if something really bad happens, like I blew a tire, I didn't tithe enough the week before. And so God's getting it back. He's going to make sure he gets back his tithe. And I really believe this. Anybody else here grew up with that? Really? It's a sick world. There's hardly anybody. It's too bad. Well, it's good. Good. It's good. It's really good. That's my world. And I was was so drawn to that performance-based acceptance that everything negative was God's judgment on me. Anything that was good was God's blessing. And yet, I never saw God was blessing me the whole time. Look at the country you live in, for Pete's sake. Look at look at your your. We're in a place here where you can pull out a cell phone and talk to somebody around the world. When did that start happening? Like not that long ago. Unless you're young, you think of course I don't. Yeah. For those of us who had rotary phones and all that stuff, like the big changes. Okay, the super huge cell phone. Remember that one? Crazy. Listen. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The word dwell means to live in, camp out, make it your home. You get to choose where your mind rests and what thoughts come in. A little later we'll talk about taking every thought captive. Talk about good things. I know it sounds weird, but I know some guys when they get together, they, they shoot their time together and, and they, they enjoy fellowship, but half the time it's just negative talk, you know, cursing and swearing and doing all this stuff. Well, stop it. That's not who you are. Think of good things. Be the change agent among the people you're with. To speak truth, power, life, and light. And let Jesus do the changing. Your words don't have the power. It's Jesus, the source, who is the power. Do you see the difference? Otherwise, people rely on their words. I've got to watch my words. Yes, but there's a reason for it. The words aren't the magic. They aren't the power. It is the Jesus Christ living in you who is the source. We'll see all this come about. And what he'll do is start to change your mind and your attitude. You begin to see people differently and your circumstances differently. You begin to look for the good in really crummy circumstances. That's beautiful. I have to stop. Darn. Yep. Alright. That's it. I'll come back and you can't go holidays now, you have to come back. Yes, I can. <laughs> Oh man. I would love to finish this, but I just I just can't. Uh we got to baptize two wonderful kids and uh, as they declare Jesus Christ outwardly the one who lives in them. Will we will you please pray with me? Heavenly Father. Be our teacher. Be our gentle prompter in our hearts and minds. Redirect our thoughts Redirect our attitudes. Redirect our actions as you change our minds. And as I've said before, please be gentle with us for we are tender people. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.